generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Welcome back. You are listening to another episode of keepthechange.co.nz. Money Mail, that song is called Keep It 100, and that is because today marks 100 lessons. That means I've written 100 emails to go out, and I've recorded 100 podcasts. Of course, there's been more than that as well, because we've done the 30 and 30. There's been some extra webinars. There's been some audio from those webinars. There's also been some live streams on Facebook, so a shit ton of content in the journey that has been Keep the Change, and I thought today what I would do is take you through a little bit of the cost of running Keep the Change, because I think we live in that little bit of that world where people look at social media, we learned about visibility as a fake metric for success when we were doing the 30 and 30, and they think, well, right, if that person's got a thousand followers, or if they got ten thousand, or if they got eight thousand, or they got a hundred thousand, or whatever, they must just be killing it. And what I think is that's not normally the case. And I like to be transparent, and I like to be a teacher and a leader, rather than just kind of continue to buy into the assumption assumptions and things like that, and fuel kind of that fake narrative that goes around where you try and look like you're more fucking successful or important or profitable or revenue generating or financially savvy or whatever than you really are and I'm a bit of a warts and all and transparent sort of a bloke and I thought well I'll put together a little bit of an insight into what the cost has been to run Keep the Change for this last financial year. Now the week 100 is the cost of running KTC. 100 weeks into Money Mail you might remember that when I started this project I asked myself if I could do 100 lessons. If not I shouldn't start. Now when I started this I thought I wonder if I can actually do 100 lessons and I thought yeah I reckon I could probably write about 100 things and as time's gone by it has gotten harder so what I do now is when I think of things to talk about I try and start writing them then and there and then I can flesh them out later on because it's hard to just sit down and go right what am I going to write about this week and that's where it becomes a little bit of a block for me but I thought, yeah, I reckon I could probably do 100 lessons and there's 100 things that I can talk about. And obviously I just end up looking for different articles that I'm interested in and think, how could I reteach this or turn it into something that's more understandable, lessons that we're having with clients and all those different types of things or 
taxes changes and all the things that you would have learned through Keep the Change. But I thought, I'm not going to start this unless I think I could do 100 lessons. So it's a bit of a, a framework that I use. And sometimes if people come to me and say, can I come on, I can you, you come on my podcast, for instance, I think, well, are they just like in the very infancy of this and are they going to be able to carry on with it? So I'll say, look, after you do 50 episodes or 10 or whatever, I'm happy to do it because I don't want to waste time if they're not going to carry on with it. But that's just a little bit of a framework that I use. 100 pretty extreme, but it's a decision-making framework I think about and I use to test into, to test how into something I really am. As I can have a number of ideas every week, so I have to be careful of shiny object syndrome. Often with ideas, I just want to activate on them straight away. And so I think, right, you know, what can... Yeah, well, I, I should just start this, but it's not very good for me because I should be focusing on the things that I should really be doing. I see Keep the Change as a way that I can give back in a unique way as I believe that education is often what people truly need and what moves the dial. When we learn something or we know what we should be doing, there's not really too much excuse for us not doing it apart from us not being able to accept that we're not taking action. So I think if we can educate more people, that's how we can move the dial. And so... Originally, I thought I might just do this for my mates and just build a whole heap of lessons and put them into a Google folder. And if people ask me questions, I'd be like, fuck, here you go, bro. All the answers are in here. And then I thought, well, actually, that's kind of selfish and probably thinking too small. Why don't I try and get these in front of more people, especially when some of my closer friends and stuff are like, these are really good. I'm learning heaps. And I thought, well, just because people are strangers doesn't mean I shouldn't try and put this information in front of them. So that's kind of the journey that I've gone on from there. Now, I didn't just want to write these for my mates and the old person who spoke about Keep the Change. So every month, I invest my own money into growing the audience via social media ads. For context for the podcast listeners, I spend at least $750 a month on Facebook and Instagram ads and uh, different forms of social media ads so that they end up in front of people and people might sign up to Keep the Change. Often people just abuse me about my shit copy that I use for ads or comment on the post being like you don't know what you're talking about and I'm like okay cool used to reply to them all now I'm just like okay whatever if you don't like it that's fine I know there's thousands of people listening and reading that do enjoy it so um, let's just carry on but uh, once the 31st of March was out of the way it allowed me to review what cost keep the change has been for me and what money has come in for the financial year so again financial year 1st of April to 31 March in New Zealand I want to share this with you because I think that we live in a time where people look at social media channels and assume everyone is getting some sort of Kimmy K type influencer salary to run it, which is certainly not the case, especially in New Zealand. Remember, I told you visibility is a fake metric for success. Don't just make assumptions about people on social media. We also live in a world where people can consume a lot of content for free and often it is subsidized by advertisers. If you think about it, like all the shit you watch on TV, you're watching it for free, usually, and the advertisers are paying for it. Then you've got like the pay-to-play, like Netflix-type stuff and Sky Sport and things like that. They're getting advertised a dollar, but they're also getting your dollar and you're actually paying to watch that, so you're probably a bit more invested in it. But there's so much free content on social media and on news sites and things like that, and you probably just think, well, it's my God-given right that this should be here when I click on this website. But someone is paying for that, and it's usually subsidized by advertisers. Now, this advertising dollar makes the content possible, but not everybody has advertisers. This free content all over the internet gives us a false sense of expectation of what we think we deserve from other content producers. 
what I mean there is that we get so used to receiving content for free that if someone's like, oh, can you please pay for this? You're like, fuck off, why should I have to pay for it? I'm not paying for that. I'm not, I'm not signing up to the Herald Premium or whatever. Like, I don't anyway, but that's most people's mindset. Like, why, why should I have to? This should be free. Because we've sort of been conditioned that all of this stuff comes for free, but the world is slowly changing. In the 2022 financial year, I collected around $5,000 in income for Keep the Change. This is made up of people's donations, contributions, as well as some uh, night school plus Keep the Change lesson payments. There was no pay-to-attend type webinar in 2022. I did do one in 2021, and that helped recover some of the spend on ads where people paid to come to the webinar, which is pretty cool and a great feeling. But um, this year, it's just been people that have said, hey, mate, can I donate some cash or can I pay it forward and things like that, and I've collected about five grand, which is awesome. You know, it's great that people have said, hey, can I help in some way, which is um, you know, pretty phenomenal, really, and really, really cool. But I spent just over $12,000 on social media adverts to get Keep the Change in front of peop- well, in front of more people. And so hello to you if that's how you found Keep the Change, through some random ad. I know there's people that are now finding it via Instagram uh, and the podcast as well as it's kind of moved up the rankings. Uh, but we're certainly nowhere near the top, but it's probably because I swear too much and say too much rash stuff. But anyway... Uh, if you're still listening eight minutes into this one, then hopefully you approve. I had to pay for someone's time to help get these ads running. I don't really know how to do it very well, so I had to pay someone, a contractor, to help put those in place, and often I get their help each month. I've also spent a few hundred bucks for an email address. I've got to pay 30 bucks to have a fucking email address, apparently, per month these days. Cheers, Google. Uh, then there is a website plus a content platform. That's a few thousand, actually, um, the platform that I use, which then sends all the emails out. And also has the night school hosted in it with videos and stuff where people can work through that and make comments. If you haven't checked out night school, I made it free. You should probably check that out. And there's a link in the bottom of the email that goes out each week. Of course, the website is the website domain as well, keepthechange.co.nz. Now, the podcasting equipment, I already had that. So I'm not going to count that as a cost. All the time to write and record 12 months of lessons plus, 50, uh, plus podcasts or 52 podcasts. And that's pretty hard to quantify, obviously, right? So in this 12-month financial year, I would have done 52 Keep the Change lessons, 52 weeks, and then 30 in 30, so 82, plus some live streams and stuff, probably around 90 podcasts in that time as well, which if I divide that by, say, half an hour roughly each, well, we are looking at 45 hours. Is that right? Is that how it works? Anyway, a shitload of time, right? We're not going to count the time, just saying, well, tough tough shit, Luke, you decided to put your time in there. Uh, we're not going to quantify that with an amount, but uh, a fair bit of time. So all up, over $15,000 of costs for the 12 months. The accountant in me tells uh, in me needs to tell you that this is a net loss of $10,000, keeping numbers round, right? But you probably worked that out yourself. So five grand of income, 15 grand of cost, 10 grand net loss. This loss can offset profits and income from other sources of income that I have. So because it's effectively like a mini business, because I've lost money with this, I can then allocate that against profit that I've had in other ventures that I have, which then offsets that a little bit. It means that I don't pay as much tax on the profit on those those ventures because I have lost money on this one. Now it's cost me $10,000 to run Keep the Change for the year and obviously a stack of my time. Is this then a good use of my time and my money when I could be allocating it to other projects or invested in something loose like an NFT project? Perhaps not when looking at those figures in isolation. But I knew that this was probably going to be the case when I started it 
Now, I could have done more to chase down income throughout the year, which would have reduced the loss if I wanted to. So that's on me to navigate and get serious about should I decide to. What I'm saying there is I'm not like, oh, yeah, poor me, I lost 10 grand. What I'm trying to say to you is I didn't punch hard enough to try and recover these costs. And the only person I have to blame for that is myself. And if I wanted to, I could have been more serious about it. But I haven't really chosen to go after the revenue because I think I could probably find it in other areas. And if this cost me some money to run well, it is what it is. And I'm pretty comfortable with that because I knew that that was probably going to be the case when I set it up because I sort of understand how these things work now. But if, say, this was the only thing I was focusing on, I'd probably be trying to do keep the change differently with a different purpose and try and get podcast sponsors and get people to sign up to different things and maybe figure out how I could like partner with someone and do all these different kinds of business type things. But for me right now, it's not a good focus of my attention. So I'm not focusing on that. So I'm willing to cop a loss in it. But what I'm trying to say is I'm taking ultimate responsibility here and realize that that's really my fault that I haven't been able to cover those costs and find some revenue to cover them. Now, because you can't run a business that's not profitable for too long, right? Because someone's then got to subsidize it. So at the moment, Luke Kemis is subsidizing, keep the change to ensure that it can carry on and those ads can continue to be running and that money's got to come from somewhere else. Now, I see this as investing in my future growth by investing in other people's growth and the eventual karma. I just want to say that to you again because I thought it was quite nice when I wrote this down. Uh, if I do say, my, say so myself, I see this as investing in my future growth by investing in other people's growth. Now, if you try and help other people, and you do, I think in some way it ends up helping you as well. That's just what I believe. Now, I know that this $10,000 loss will come back around in the work I'll capture in other areas of my life or opportunities. I wouldn't have had it, I, I wouldn't have had these opportunities if it wasn't for Keep the Change. Plus, I love being able to help a lot of people who want to, uh, who want to be able to learn, and that gives me fulfillment. And that's very hard to quantify fulfillment or to put a price on that, right? I don't know where Keep the Change will go in the long term, but I'm willing to look and explore that. It's also a bit like therapy, articulating my thoughts each week as I'm often thinking about this stuff. I literally read so much every week around money, personal finance. People send me stuff uh, because they know I'm into it and it just kind of fuels my hunger for it. And so I'm thinking about it a lot and it's quite therapeutic for me sometimes to actually just get some of my thoughts out of my head. And I can't put a price on that of what that's done for my clarity around some of this stuff too and who I've been able to help and the stats I've been able to recall and then they're thinking like, how do you know all this shit? And they're impressed by that and then maybe they take on us as their accountant in the next advisory space. You know, you just don't know what this stuff does in other areas of my life and I can't quantify that. So I'm happy to sink some cash into it and just accept that it will come back around somewhere else in my life. So yes, it might be costly to you. Oh, whoopsies, I've missed a line. Uh, for you, this financial year, maybe it's not about making a donation. There may be causes that you really care about that you can donate your time and expertise to instead of just donating money. This is a little bit different, but what I'm saying is for you, you might be thinking about, well, I'm not putting up bloody 10 grand for something. It might not be about money for you. You might want to decide, how can I donate some time to something that I really care about? What's a cause you really care about and what's something that you would like to be doing? And you could donate your time and your expertise rather than donating money. Yes, it might be costly to you, but you don't know what the return on investment is on the other side for the people whose lives you improve. Now, it's not necessarily about the return on investment for you, it's about the return on investment on the other side. So those people who you're actually helping and donating your time to and your, and your expertise and your education to, you don't know what the return on investment is for them in consuming it and how that's going to improve their life. Now, when recording the 30 and 30, if you haven't listened to those, here's three of the most listened to episodes when I was having a look at the stats this week. Number 15, saving 40, 
40% of your income, and I've got their brackets there. What the fuck? How? Uh, number 16, stacking six figures. So they went back to back. Those are the two most listened to. So stacking $100,000, why I did this. And then episode number 10, breakups, bad choices, and death, warning heavy content. Um, so interesting that the two that were right in the middle seem to be the most popular, and the breakups, bad choices, death, I think maybe people looked at that title and thought, oh, that's, that's one I want to listen to. And maybe that was the, the only one that they listened to, who knows. But those are top three of the 30 and 30. Check them out over the weekend. Cheers to 100 lessons. If you're new around here, you can check out past episodes on the Keep the Change blog. So that's keepthechange.co.nz forward slash blog or via Keep the Change podcast on all podcast platforms. My $10,000. Let's look at it as more of an investment than a cost, eh? Thanks for reading and thanks for sharing. Keep learning. 100 not out. Luke, P.S. you are one of 5,507 recipients. It felt like we were growing towards that 5,000 really quickly and to get to 5,500, oh, it has been tough. But I know there's heaps of people that listen to the audio version, which is pretty cool as well. So I don't know what the sort of weekly subscription or readership is. Admittedly, only 42 to 45% of those 5,500 people actually open the emails as well. It often depends how good the, um, the subject line is as well and how intriguing it is for people. Now, did you know in the year to June 2021, almost $1.6 billion was withdrawn from KiwiSaver accounts to buy a first home? Now, I was looking at that because I was looking at how many people withdraw money from their KiwiSaver and then what the flow-on effect is for that if they hadn't of, and I think it's on average they'd usually have another thirty to $40,000 more had they, not indrawn, uh, had they not withdrawn that money to buy a house and left it in the market, and they contributed that towards their retirement. So... Uh, a little bit of that opportunity cost there, but maybe I'll do a money mail on that at some stage as well. Remember, night, cha- uh, night school is free, and if you want to access that, you can go onto the Keep the Change website and find that. If you can't find it, let me know. Please put something on your social media to help money mail and Keep the Change grow. I'd really appreciate that. Reminder that if you do do that, and you tag Keep the Change, we can reshare that, and we will make a note, and we'll be giving a $200 Sharesies voucher away to everybody who tags Keep the Change on social media where we see that. So please do that. It would mean a lot to us. A reminder that I'm not a financial advisor. I'm a chartered accountant, so it's a fair bit different. If you've got mortgage questions, then I'd suggest getting in touch with Mikey. If you've got KiwiSaver questions, then Adam from Compound Wealth has been a huge help for me. If you want to support keepthechange.co.nz forward slash contribute, drop me a line. I'd love uh, any form of support. It would be very much appreciated and it will be used, as you've seen, to run more social media ads and do creative things to get financial literacy in front of more people. Also, shout out to Matt and his team at Bruco and the Mount who have been in touch to help support Keep the Change by covering the cost of this email platform. So that's going to help me recover that for the next financial year, which is really cool. And hopefully my loss isn't going to be as much in the 2023 financial year. But how good is that that they've been willing to help out? It did take 99 episodes, but that's sometimes what it takes. And Bruco... If you haven't been, check them out in the Mount. It's a great place to grab a bit of food and a refreshment, and I'm sure you will not be disappointed with the service. The Mount, what a great place, and go for a swim while you're down there as well. You'll love a little dip in the ocean. Right, that has been keepthechange.co.nz's Money Mail, episode number 100. Did I think we'd get here? Yes. It's a great thing to say, and a great thing to be able to actually achieve and I've had a couple of thank yous today, which has been pretty cool. I hope you have the best weekend you've ever had wherever you are in the country. Look after yourself. We'll see you next Friday. Keep it 100.